0: Well, good morning again, Lindsley Avenue. Good morning. It's good to see everybody here again this morning. It's good to have uh, some visitors, well-known visitors to us, and glad to have those of you joining live or watching delay. Uh, I would say hello again to the, our family and friends at Knowles, but if all plans go correctly, well, I'll be standing there hearing myself say this in a couple of hours, but uh, we appreciate you all as well. Uh, This morning, I know everyone is shocked that we're not talking about 2 Peter chapter 1 uh, yet again, but we're going to put that passage aside for at least a little while, and we're going to be studying a couple of other things for the next few weeks. I wanted to talk this morning about when the devil speaks, when the devil speaks. First of all, I'm almost certain he doesn't look like that. Uh, Certainly the devil's not wearing a red hat, no, I mean the other guy. Uh because we typically make a caricature of the devil, sometimes to make it seem that the devil looks horrific, which certainly he would be uh, present in our lives, but uh, that's obviously not what I would suspect. I have no idea what he looks like, but I would really doubt the artists have somehow figured it out. So the devil speaks several times in the, in the Bible, Old and New Testament. I want us to look at those times and see if we can figure out some common things behind When the devil speaks he speaks three separate times in the Bible so when the devil speaks what does he tend to say we're gonna find out how does he speak to people today is it any different than how he spoke in the past how does he speak to people today what happens when people listen to him how can we keep him quiet how can we keep him from speaking to us so let's see let's see the first place i will tell you where the devil sure seems to speak is all the way back in the book of genesis genesis chapter three let's read verses one and two now the snake was the most clever of all the wild animals that the lord had made one day the snake said to the woman to eve did god really say that you must not eat fruit from any tree in the garden so a couple of things god had created adam and eve and placed them in the garden To care for it. God had told them to eat from anything in the garden with the exception of one tree. So the devil here is twisting what God has said. Look at the devil's question. Did God really say you must not eat fruit from any tree in the garden? No, that's not what God had said. Now notice Genesis here does not call the snake the devil. It's called a snake. Nowhere in the book of Genesis do you have any mention of the devil whatsoever. But it's pretty clear from the rest of the bible through uh you know analysis through study through all sorts of uh, detailed examination that this is him this is him jesus says that the devil has been a murderer and a liar from the beginning so this this is almost certainly the devil here right after all otherwise we have a walking talking snake and we would wonder where those went we all tend to hate snakes you like snakes I'm I'm sorry to say this but I feel sorry for you because snakes sure seem to be pretty vile things I know you're not supposed to kill a snake in the state of Tennessee but I will freely admit that if one comes up close to me or my house I'll be violating the law because that thing is giving up its right to live I know it's bad I know they kill other things I just can't stand snakes I don't run from them screaming or any of that kind of stuff but I sure go look for a hoe a shovel or something else to do that snake in right There's one behind me maybe it'll wait till the sermon's over all right so here we go the woman answered the snake but this is the devil I think personally Eve's making a mistake here she heard the snake enough to answer the snake but she says essentially no you're wrong we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden but God told us you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of garden of the garden you must not even touch it or you will die so the devil asks the question and Eve answers correctly she corrects what the devil the snake has told her but the snake said to the woman you will not die God knows that if you eat fruit from that tree you will learn about good and evil and you will be like God so the evil, the devil lies to Eve he contradicts directly contradicts what God has said all right now, the process of doing something that God had said not to do is how you learn about good and evil because it brings up your conscience. There's an awareness that I really shouldn't have done that. And that's a basis for how we know about good and evil. You have to do something you were told not to do, do something you knew you shouldn't do, and that's how you get this idea of good and evil. And they're about to find that out for themselves. So the woman heard what the snake said said, and the woman saw that the tree was beautiful, the one they weren't supposed to eat from, that the fruit was good to eat. Who in the world knows what it was? We often hear that it was an apple. The Bible doesn't say it was an apple. Personally, it'd have to be something a lot more delicious, perhaps, than an apple, in my view, but each, each to their own. And that it would make her wise. Now, I don't know how she knew that. The devil had said, the snake had said, that if you eat of this, you're going to be like God. You're going to know good and evil. So she's concluding that if I eat this fruit, I'm going to know more than I know right now. So she took some of its fruit and ate it. There you go. Sin has now entered the world because Eve ate the fruit that God had said not to eat. However, she also gave some of the fruit to her husband who was with her. Now until that point, we didn't know Adam was, was with her, right? Sometimes people tell the story that Eve is like wandering away. She's over here by herself. And then she comes back, and Adam doesn't know where the fruit came from. No, it says, the Bible says, Adam was with her. So I, it sure looks like Adam would have heard everything that the snake said. He doesn't reach out to get the fruit, but when she gives it to him, he eats. After given the prompting of the devil, Eve is deceived. We read in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14, that the woman was deceived, right? She fell for what the devil had said. And that's uh, Paul speaking right there. Does that mean she's much more to blame somehow than Adam? No. If anything, I suspect Adam is more at fault here, even than Eve. Eve is fooled. Adam is not fooled and does it anyway. Look what we're talking about here. Nowhere in the Bible is Adam said to have been deceived, but he eats it anyway. Adam somehow knowingly decides, ah, the snake's, you know, nothing to what the snake's saying. My wife gives it to me, I'm going to eat it anyway. The devil lied, and Adam and Eve sinned against God. Now, don't fall into the temptation thinking, well, how foolish Adam and Eve were to have done something like that because we're every bit the same. Each one of us has either fallen for something been deceived and done something we shouldn't have done, or knowingly, like Adam, did something we knew we shouldn't do and did it anyway. I suspect all of us have done exactly what Eve did and what Adam did. We've done both of them. So again, first thing to know about the first time the devil speaks in the Bible is that the devil lied. Adam and Eve sinned against God as a result of the devil's life. Let's look at the second time the devil speaks. This is over in Job chapter 1, verses 8 through 11. The Lord said to Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? No one else on earth is like him. He is honest and an innocent man, honoring God and staying away from evil. Now first, Satan is another name used in the Bible for the devil. The word for devil means accuser, slanderer. And the word Satan means the adversary. They both are referring to the same entity. They're both the same. Say the devil, say Satan, it is one and the same. So God is speaking to Satan and says, Hey, check out my servant Job over here. There's no one like him. He's a good, honest man. Satan answers the Lord. Job honors God for a good reason. You've put a wall around him, his family and everything he owns. You have blessed the things he has done. His flocks and herds are so large, they almost cover the land. But reach out your hand and destroy everything he has, and he will curse you to his face. Now, the devil would likely be correct about many people. Many times, when bad things happen to someone, people do turn away from God. It's a real shame because the time we really should turn to God is in a time where we're in problems, when we're in a situation where something bad has happened to us, a calamity. Well, he's just devil speaking the truth for many, many people. Something bad happens to him, boy, well, he's going to turn away from you just like that. So here, Satan essentially lies to God, if you will. About Job, anyway, he tells God the only reason Job is faithful is because God is good to him. If only God would allow something bad to happen to Job, he would quit serving God. Now, the entire book of Job from here on describes the bad things that happened to Job and Job remaining faithful to God. The entire rest of the book of Job says Satan was wrong. He either lied, Satan, or he was mistaken. He either was thinking Job would be like most of us something bad happens we often can turn and question God or turn away from God lots of people do but in this case Job is the exception Job was serving God because he loved God even though he slayed me Job says yet will I serve him?" Job was not about to turn away because something bad happened so what happened in this second situation Job spoke and it turned out not to be true whether that's a lie or he's just mistaken Two similar kind of things when the devil spoke those first two times. The third time the devil directly speaks is over in the New Testament. This is a Matthew 4 portion of which Ellis read to us earlier. This is right after the baptism of Jesus. It says the spirit led Jesus into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Jesus fasted for 40 days and nights. And after this, one of the great understatements in all of the Bible, he was hungry. Most of us are gonna feel hungry by about noon today. All right, imagine going 40 days out in the wilderness in the desert you <laughs> stuff, other people fast for 40 days. I don't recommend any of you try it. Don't try the 40 day diet, because you're gonna be in a world of hurt. Jesus is in a world of hurt right here. You would, if, if any of us have gone two or three days and we see a crumb on the floor, we're gonna be racing to try to lick it off the floor. Because that's how hungry we're going to feel. Imagine 40 days. After this, he was very hungry. Then the devil came to Jesus to tempt him. I'm going to suggest that's the primary reason the devil would come to anybody. It comes to Jesus for that. If the devil comes to you, if the devil comes to me, it's not to do something nice for us. Nowhere in the Bible is the devil ever said to have come to do something nice. We are told the devil comes to tempt comes to tempt Jesus and he says, you know, I'm going to paraphrase here, I bet you're kind of hungry, Jesus. What's it been, 40 days? Oh, you won't believe this banquet we had the other night over in Capernaum. You wouldn't believe the amount of food. Can you even smell? He didn't say that, but he's not about to just let Jesus off the hook. He knows he's hungry. He says, well, look, if you're the son of God, why stay hungry? tell these rocks to become bread. You know, you can do it like, without even snapping a finger. You can have all the food you want just like that if you're really the son of God. Now, if you're not the son of God, of course, you can't do that. You can't do that. So here we have the temptations of Jesus by the devil. And the devil says, if the Son of God. Why does the devil say if? The devil knew he was the Son of God. The devil didn't have any doubts. The devil knew for a fact Jesus is the Son of God. The question is is his human nature, his humanity, going to cause him to sin? Going to cause him to use his power As it were, for himself. As I say, we'd really, really be hungry. It has a double angle. Fear uh, the, the situation that caused Jesus to use his power for himself. Nowhere in the Bible does Jesus do that. Jesus could have called, right, 10,000 angels or all these different legions of angels to his aid. He doesn't. If you study Jesus' life, if you study any miracle, that's in the New Testament. Nowhere in there is there any miracle done to benefit the person doing the miracle. It's always focused on other people. So this would be a quite the break in anything else in the Bible if Jesus were to turn and say, you know, you're right, I am hungry and I am the son of God, so poof. So I'm not a brioche or something laying on top of that rock. Jesus doesn't do it. If I get the impression here, that's not why he had the power why he was doing miracles on the earth. That's not why the apostles had power. That's not why God granted power to anyone for themselves. The power was to help other people. The second part of it is to counter the disbelief. Oh yeah? You don't think I'm the son of God? Watch this. <laughs> right? To use his power to contradict to disprove that disbelief of the devil there's no real reason to do that the devil knows he's the son of god so he gives him two angles trying to get him to do something and jesus does not do it for either reason jesus answered it is written in the scriptures a person lives not on bread alone but by everything god says statement here from deuteronomy so when the devil speaks what's jesus's response he quotes the bible And he's quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. This is Moses speaking to the children of Israel before they come over into the land of Canaan. Moses says, He, God, humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna. Remember, God feeds the people of Israel with manna, bread from heaven. And the word manna means, what's this? They didn't know exactly what it was. It was some kind of sweet bread-like thing. They made cakes out of it. I wish that fell from heaven for me wouldn't mind that at all he also fed them with quail with some meat but he feeds them with manna and he says which you did not know again the word means what's this you didn't know what it was nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord even the manna came because God said let the manna fall from heaven it fell from heaven by God's direction Whatever you eat for lunch today, whatever you eat, whether it was the donuts we had back here, the great biscuits that you brought, nothing comes other than from God. Everything we have comes from God, everything we ever will have comes from God. And so, if God wanted Jesus to have bread, God would have let him do that. Jesus said, no, I'm not gonna do it. I'm much more focused on God, even after 40 days of being hungry, than using my power for myself then comes temptation number two devil strike one strike one on the devil then the devil led jesus to the holy holy city of jerusalem and put him on a high place of the temple it's thought that this may be a corner of the temple which is above the great wall it's about a 400 foot drop sometimes it said the pinnacle but the temple didn't have like a steeple tower some really high place where it would be a long fall. That's what it's thought to be. We're not sure. The devil said, notice again, if you're the son of God, jump down because it is written in the scriptures, he has put his angels in charge of you. They will catch you in their hands so that you will not hit your foot upon the rock. This is what Ellis read before, and that's from Psalm 91. This time, even the devil quotes scripture need to remember, just because somebody's quoting scripture doesn't mean it's a right interpretation for what we need to do. There's a passage in Corinthians where Paul says, if anyone is ignorant, let him remain ignorant. I guess that means schools are bad. No reason to study. Well, that's not what Paul's talking about, right? If you quote that for that reason, you're misreading the Bible. The Bible can be Twisted. Peter says, people twisted what Paul had said. Here the devil is twisting what's in Psalm 91. Jesus answered, it also says in the scriptures, do not test the Lord your God. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. You can't just read something and think, well, the Bible says this. The entire counsel of God, you need to know the entire counsel of God, you need to study. Sometimes you need Another verse to make sense of what God has just said. Just like the, if anyone's ignorant, let him remain ignorant. Here, the devil quotes the Bible. It is an accurate quote. That's really what's in Psalm ninety-one. But Jesus responds by quoting the Bible, pointing out that it's twisted. If he were to jump down, catch me, God, catch me. You said you would. You're putting God to the test. And that's not what we are supposed to do. The devil was selectively quoting. So in this case, he's still using, if you're the son of God, and even if the devil came to you quoting the Bible, remember, what does the devil tend to do? He misleads and he lies. So if the devil shows up, says right there, says right there, Matt, that's what you ought to do, don't jump from that. Don't jump off the pinnacle of the temple, don't jump to what the devil's trying to sell you either. Number three comes next. Then the devil led Jesus to the top of a very high mountain. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their splendor. The devil said, if you will bow down and worship me, I will give you all these things. Here, essentially, the devil is trying to give Jesus an out. This road that Jesus is going to to walk in, leading to the crucifixion, is a hard road. Jesus really didn't feel like doing it to an extent. Remember the Garden of Gethsemane. He's in such distress He's crying out to God, if there's any way, keep this from happening to me. But he doesn't take the devils out. I mean, well, I'll tell you what, I can avoid that by worshiping the devil. Okay, he doesn't do it. It would have been at such a terrible cost. The cost would have been a change in the foundation of the universe. Here you would have had Jesus, the eternal son, somehow revoking his oneness with God. I don't, I don't even know what the... Raw note, the universe would have gone poof that moment Jesus said to the devil go away from me Satan it is written in the scriptures you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him despite what's ahead of me I will serve the Lord I will not put God to the test I will not use my power for myself three interesting temptations the devil puts Jesus through here Jesus again responds with the Bible. Here's a hint toward what's coming at the close. One of the best ways to keep the devil quiet is to have God's word in your mind and on your lips. People will fall for what the devil says many times because they don't know what God has said. Jesus, of course, knows. Now, there's one other passage that I want to bring up. Might be the devil, might not. Certainly fits with the devil being involved in it. It's a it's a bit of, a bit long, but I want to read it because I want us to think about what this is here too. This is from Galatians one chapter six through nine, uh, one verse chapter one verses six through nine. Paul here writing says, "I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you to conf- into confusion and trying to pervert." the gospel, the good news of Jesus. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we've already said, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. We're also told that even the devil can appear as an angel of light. So what does the devil look like today? Probably does not have the, the tail and the horns that you saw in the front picture but even if one of the apostles Paul says or someone else came to you with a different message let them be under God's curse what was Paul's message believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved we believe that by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ we will be saved repent and be immersed so that your sins may be forgiven the good news is God loves us the good news is he wants you to come home and live with him. The good news is that requires belief. It requires changing direction. It requires dying to yourself. If somebody brings up something else, don't fall for it. I, I look at this and think, well, who's bringing a different gospel? There are some that are out there. One very large group of our religious neighbors actually calls their writing another testament of Jesus Christ. That they found, it is said, by an angel appearing to someone saying, you need to go dig in the side of this hill over here. There's more that God wants you to know. What would Paul have done with that? If Paul says, if we, if the apostles come to you, or an angel from heaven should preach another gospel. Well, this is even called Another testament of Jesus Christ. It really pains me to look at that and know that so many of my friends and neighbors I believe have fallen for something that should have been under God's first. God, Peter says, has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You don't need something else dug out of a hill. And some people will say other changes to what the gospel is. You don't really need to do this. You don't need to do that. Don't worry about punishment. Love wins. There's more than one other gospel that's out there. Here's the deal God's message is one time for all time. It does not change. No matter what society may do, it may become impolite to talk about repentance, to talk about changing and living the way God wants. You remember Paul was speaking before a couple of rulers. Roman Empire and was talking about repentance and the coming judgment. And one of the rulers said, Paul, you're losing your mind. He was very troubled. He didn't want to hear about it. Go away. I'll send for you whenever it's convenient. Many of our neighbors are in that kind of situation. We are offensive by calling for right and wrong. We are offensive by calling for the need to come to God gospel doesn't change even if society does so I don't know if that's the devil it certainly would serve the devil's purposes now when the devil speaks these are the closing slides when the devil speaks what does he tend to say he lies he distorts he tells part of the story remember that's the way you try to get out of things when you were a kid you tell your parents part of the story The teacher kept me after class for something I did. What was it? Part of the story can be misleading. When the devil speaks, he tends to lie and he distorts. How does he speak to people today? Well, it's through people, friends, sometimes people say they're friends. Circumstances, our own desires and wants. Sometimes you can almost hear a voice inside your head. Go ahead. You're hungry. Been a long time. He still speaks very, very loudly today. He can speak through our desires, seeing the alcohol, seeing some pills or other drugs, seeing some cute ladies, some cute men in here, anything that can be a desire. The devil can still whisper, as it were, in our ears. Sometimes that whisper can be very loud to us. The devil speaks, what does he do? He lies and he distorts. He causes people to sin. What happens when people listen to him? As I say, sin, destruction, separation from God. Don't listen to him. There's no example anywhere in the entire Bible, of things that are written for us to learn from, where the devil speaks and things go okay. If people listen to it. How can you keep the devil quiet? James 4:7 last part of it says resist the devil and he will flee from you don't give in to whatever the devil's asking you to do don't give in to those desires or those actions that go against what you know God has said don't do how do I resist the devil go back to the very first part of James 4 7 how do I resist the devil I don't want to fall into sin I don't want to be condemned I don't want to listen to the liar how do I resist the devil to get him to go away and leave me alone? Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Give your life to God. Put your life in his hands. Follow God. Know that we live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Know that God is the only one we should ever serve. When the devil asks us to do something that we want to do, He's asking us to turn away from God and live for Him. My question to all of us today is I want to ask everyone please to submit your life to God and live for Him today tomorrow and the rest of your life. If you're not a member of God's family this is the only real thing that matters today at all because you ought to submit your life to God and live for Him. Know what Jesus did for you Commit to turning your life around, living for God, and doing your best not to live for yourself. And based on what Peter said in Acts chapter 2, you need to be buried, immersed in water where God will wash away your sins, and you'll be raised up after having been buried, living a brand new life. If you're a member of God's family, but you've been listening to the devil, he says some things that seem pretty good, they're not. The only way to quit listening to the devil is to recommit your life to listening for God. If there's something that we can help you uh, take before God's throne to repent, to ask forgiveness, you just need someone to talk to God for you. This is your time. Please come as we stand and sing.